Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning. Good Monday morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray you had a good weekend, and I um, am hoping that you are um, stocking up on food um, and preparing for whatever our Lord allows to come to us. We need food. We need a way to um, cook without electricity and all of that. So... Um, keep doing that Uh, store up lots of water we don't know when or if we'll need it but um, with the war right now um, it could be sooner than we think Um, in fact I'd love to start the program by praying an Our Father Hail Mary and Glory Be for the Ukraine for the people there that are being bombarded um, by Russian troops in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Keep praying for them, beloved. Um, Keep praying for the people of the Ukraine uh, who are in um, who are in awful shape right now, being attacked. Um, Many, many have died, and we pray that God will convert uh, Putin's heart and uh, restore sanity and peace. When we left on Friday, we were on the subject of prayer in Canon Francis Ripley's book, This is the Faith, and he writes this, Intelligent men recognize the sovereignty and absolute dominion of God and their dependence on him. It is in prayer that this recognition is shown in practice. To pray is a universal instinct of the human race. The desire to raise up the mind and heart to God is found even among pagan peoples who have only the vaguest conception of God. Those who ridicule prayer ridicule one of the deepest insect, um, not insects, <laughs> instincts of human nature. The foundation of prayer is the realization of the omnipotence, the power of God, the nothingness of man and man's utter dependence on God. It is therefore unintelligent not to pray. The man who does not not pray reduces himself 
to the level of the beasts. Early in 1918, when the German offensive was threatening to bring defeat to the Allies in World War I, General Foch, F-O-C-H, was appointed um, Generalissimo on the Western Front, the time chosen for the great, encou- great counteroffensive, which was to result in the victorious conclusion of the war, was drawn of July 18th. The previous evening, Foch left Allied General Headquarters asking to be allowed an undisturbed hour to himself. He had been absent some time when a dispatch rider came with a message of such importance that the staff officers felt that General Foch should be informed. They looked for him in his billet, but he was not there. However, his orderly, knowing the general's habits, led them to the village church. There they found Foch kneeling, motionless, before the altar. Imagine two men sharing a ship's cabin on a voyage to Australia. It would be unnatural for them not to speak to one another, But suppose one of them, one of the men was completely dependent on the other for his food, to be dressed and undressed, to be moved about. And suppose the other cared for him with the utmost devotion. What would be said of the invalid if he never so much as spoke to his benefactor? That is exactly our position in regard to God, if we do not pray. He is not only always with us on the voyage through life, but we are completely dependent upon him for our very being and even for every breath we breathe. How unnatural it is not to speak to him, to ask him to help us, to express our sorrow if we offend him, to admire his goodness, to thank him for his benefits. Prayer, beloved, Canon Ripley writes, Prayer is absolutely necessary for salvation. Not a good idea, not just a pious act. It is necessary for salvation. Man must dispose himself for justification. Otherwise, he cannot be saved. He must, therefore, turn to God in some way. Prayer is just as necessary for our spiritual life as breathing is necessary for our bodily life. Our spiritual life depends on God's grace, and he has, so to speak, given us the power to breathe it in by prayer. Not to pray will have the same results for the life of the soul as not to breathe would have for the life of the body, that is, sickness and death. Sometimes it is argued that prayer is not necessary because God knows our needs without our telling them to him, or that God is so infinitely generous that he could not possibly make the granting of our needs conditional upon our asking him, or that God is unchangeable, and therefore we cannot hope to change him by our prayers. Our Lord, who is God, showed that he wished people to lay their requests before him. He let people ask him, and then he granted their requests. Moreover, he tells us to ask and keep on asking. Consider, for instance, the parables of the unjust judge and the man coming to his friend in the night. And he spoke in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, quote, and he spoke also a parable to them, 
that we ought always to pray and not to faint. Will not God revenge his elect who cry to him day and night? End quote from the Gospel of Luke. Nor would it be more generous on God's part to give us all without making, to give us all without making us ask. He has already given us very much without our asking at all. But it is his will that many other things that we receive should depend upon our prayer. By it, we are taught our rightful position in relation to God. We are trained in reverence toward him. It is through regular prayer that the saints have received so many and so varied gifts of soul. God wants us to pray precisely that he may even be more generous toward us. We do not change the intentions of an unchanging God by our prayers. He wills that we shall obtain certain favors if we ask for them and that we shall not obtain them if we do not. God who dwells in eternity sees all time at once, past, present, and future. Simultaneously, he sees our needs and our prayers. He always intended that if we ask certain favors, we get them. He foresees us asking and himself granting as a result. Hence, God is not changed, but prayer may easily change us and make us fit to receive God's gifts. So often we hear, dear ones, prayer changes things. No, prayer doesn't change things. Prayer changes us. God already knows our heart. And we don't change God. God changes things as we pray. Let me mention, dear ones, that um, we are you are able to call in the full hour uh, of the program. Uh, you don't have to wait till the half-hour break. And the toll-free number with anything at all on your heart, it could be what we're speaking about, it could be anything else on your heart, um, call in toll-free at one 877 511-5483. You can text at that number as well or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Canon Ripley continues, By example and word, Christ taught the necessity of prayer. By at First by example, he spent 30 of his 33 years in the hidden life of work and prayer. At his baptism, he prayed. He went to the desert for 40 days of prayer at the beginning of his public life. Before his actual work began, he retired to the region of the Jordan. It is said that he, when he was in Capernaum, he departed into a desert place, and there he prayed. Before calling the twelve, he prayed. Feeding the five thousand, he prayed, and then went into a mountain to pray alone. And before Curing the deaf and dumb man at Decapolis, he prayed. Before Peter's confession, he prayed. At his transfiguration, he prayed. At the tomb of Lazarus, at the Last Supper, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and on the cross, he prayed. If he can pray, beloved, and he needed his Father, how much more do we need him? And do we need to pray? We'll be right back after the break. Feel free to call in during the break, toll-free 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. 
everybody. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the station on the cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the station on the cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Love really indicates where our values are, where our priorities are, and it shows our true love of God. You mentioned the thermometer of love, Father. In entry 343 of the diary, it begins, True love is measured by the thermometer of suffering. Tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, and again, you are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll free. Um, I'll give the number out again, one 511 5483 or email at mother at Um We are continuing um, in the book, This is the Faith, by Canon Francis Ripley. And um, we're talking about the necessity of prayer. By example, we look to our Lord and see him pray all over the place by any event, um, any time at his baptism and the beginning of his public life uh, before he retired to the region of the Jordan, um, when he was at Capernaum, when he was went into a desert place, which we know about uh, beginning Lent, um, before calling the Twelve, he prayed, feeding the 5,000. Um, and he prayed alone, went into a mountain to pray alone, um, and so forth. So by his example, we've seen our Lord, the one who knows all things, who is God, yet pray for the uh, aid of his Father. And then by, so by example, and then Canon Ripley says, and by word, again and again, God commends us to pray. Uh, from A quote from the Gospel of Mark, Therefore I say to you, all things... Whatever you ask, when ye pray, believe that you shall receive, and they shall come to you. 
and all things, <clears throat> for, uh, whatever, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. And then from the Gospel of Luke, Watch ye therefore praying at all times, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are to come, and to stand before the Son of Man. The saints have all been men and women of prayer, and they have all recommended prayer to their followers. St. Augustine says prayer is the key to heaven, provided you keep firm and persevere in the practice of prayer. Then you will get to heaven. That's St. Teresa's assurance also. Similarly, St. Alphonsus says, pray and never give up praying. If you pray, you will certainly be saved. If you do not pray, you will certainly be lost. From the first, the convert must take up seriously the duty of prayer. It may be hard at first because he may not be used to it, but he will grow into it. We learn to pray by praying as a child learns to walk by walking. Many a priest devotes hours to instructing prospective converts, but his work will be fruitful just in so far as the convert helps himself by praying. And prayer, beloved, is simply talking to God. It's talking to God. And the acronym ACTS has been used, A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, and S for supplication. And then Canon Ripley says there are certain conditions of prayer. First, that you need to be sincere. Sincerity. We must mean our prayers, never forgetting that we need God's help more than a starving man needs the crust of bread to live. Secondly, we need attention. This means the voluntary application of the mind to the object of prayer. And attention should be external, securing circumstances of time, place, position, etc., conducive to recollection, and be internal, that is, spiritual and literal, spiritual to God himself or Our Lady or the saint to whom we pray, and literal to the meaning of the words and the significance of things. This is to be aimed at. And then thirdly, material. So we have um, attention, external, internal, and material. Merely saying the words rightly. This alone is not sufficient. This people honoreth me, our Lord said, with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We must have at least external attention and the sustained purpose of worshiping God. Detractions are sinful if deliberate. They are not sinful when they are not willful or not through our own fault or when they arise from weakness or incapacity. Humility. So let's see now. We need sincerity. We need attention. And then we need humility. Quote from James. God resists the proud and giveth great to the, grace to the humble. This is why we kneel at prayer. Confidence, 
springs from a lively faith in the truth of God's promises and trust in his fidelity and goodness. Remember the story of the Canaanite woman. Great is thy faith. Be it done to thee as thou wilt. I'm going to repeat that. Confidence springs from a lively faith in the truth of God's promise and trust in his fidelity and goodness. Remember the story of the Canaanite woman. Great is thy faith. Be it done to me as thou wilt. We have a call from somebody, um, okay, who, who went off the line. Let me see if I can take that call. Um, the summary is two baptized Catholics are marrying outside the church and other Catholics are considering attending the ceremony. I feel it would not be right for me to attend. The archdiocese sent me canon law made easy which says to use prudence. What is prudence and how do I use it in this situation? Is there anything definitive, even in scripture on this? What can I use to help non-practicing family? Excuse me. What can I use to help non-practicing family members understand this? Well, Two baptized Catholics getting married outside the church makes no sense to me. They may be baptized Catholics, but they're not practicing their faith. Then maybe they're fallen away Catholics. I don't understand that. Why would they marry outside the church? Uh, and who is marrying them? Um, who is the witness to their marriage? Uh, other Catholics are considering attending. Um, excuse me. Pardon me. Um, I don't know what canon law made easy says prudence. I don't understand that. Um, Prudence is deciding the right judgment to do in a situation. And in this situation, I have no idea why they're being married outside the church uh, or if their marriage will be a sacrament. I would say if not, I would definitely not attend that marriage. And then you can speak to the others as well. A Catholic who gets married outside the church, even if he's marrying another Catholic, if he's getting married outside the church, I don't know by whom, he needs a dispensation from the bishop. And I I don't know why the bishop would give him one in this circumstance. It's important that neither one has been married before, and if they have the, uh, that a degree of nullity has been obtained, uh, they have to agree to raise their children Catholic. I don't know what they're doing or where they're at. Um, Paul says in Rome in First Corinthians seven, do not be unequally yoked. And um, I have no idea where they're at in their faith or why they want to be married outside the church. So it's very hard for me to to guide you in this. Um, I think you need to give me a little more facts why they're being married outside the church um, if they're fallen away Catholics if either of them have been married before um, what the situation is Um, okay we're going to go back to our, our article on prayer that to pray we need first the conditions of prayer are sincerity attention to our prayer, both externally and internally, um, 
We need humility. Again, God resisteth the proud and is giving grace to the humble. This is why we kneel at prayer. And then fourth, confidence. This springs from a lively faith in the truth of God's promises and trust in his fidelity and goodness. Remember the story of the Canaanite woman. Jesus said, great is thy faith. Be it done to me. Be it done to thee as thou wilt. And then finally, not finally, but fifthly, we need perseverance. Canon Ripley says, it is so much easier to give up prayer than to keep it up. You're right. It takes effort. Yes, it does. Whenever it takes effort um, to stay close to God, it takes effort to and work to stay close to the spouse to whom you vowed your whole life. Um, it takes work to keep up even a mere friendship. It takes work. Um, it takes effort. Whether we feel like prayer or not, God is still God and equally deserving of our acknowledgement. Our Lord cured the blind man who, although rebuked, cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Recall also the parable of the man who had a recall. Um, Sorry, recall also the parable of the man who had a friend arrive late from a journey and the host had no food to feed him. So he went to a friend to borrow food who was already in bed and who refused to get up and open his door. But he did, finally, in order to stop the man from knocking, in order to stop. um, It is not for us to say when God will grant our petition. He may wish to try our earnestness. And now, finally, resignation. These are requirements for prayer. We must always be prepared to leave our position in the hands of God, who knows best, Father knows best. Nor must we complain if our request is not granted. It will certainly be rewarded in some way. Father, he said, Father, if thou wilt, remove this chalice from me, but yet do not my will, but thine be done. That's a quote right out of Luke 22. Often our driest prayers are the best. Anyone can pray when he feels like it, enjoying the consolation he finds in it, but to be constant in prayer on principle, whether one likes it um, or not, it is is true service of God and merits his spiritual blessings, his special blessings. And unanswered prayers, the reason why our prayers do not seem to be always answered, may be because some condition is lacking in us or in our prayer. Beloved, there's the music for our uh, half-hour break. We'll be right back after the break to take your calls, your texts, your emails, and feel free to call in with anything on your heart and mind. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
please join Father Mark Noonan in praying the Litany of Humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be chosen and I set aside, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I unnoticed, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be preferred to me in everything, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. That others may become holier than I, provided that I may become as holy as I should, Jesus grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. I am live, and we are here, and I'm thrilled that you're with us on the other side. Um, the woman who called in with the uh, question before about two baptized Catholics marrying outside the church, um, uh, we've got a little more detail from her now, and apparently this, this so-called Catholic couple have never been married before, either one, they're young adults, but they're, they were both baptized Catholics, but they're not practicing Catholics. They are living in sin. They believe things that are sinful, um, such as marching in the LGBTQ parade, um, and uh, they're having a civil marriage. So uh, if family members are practicing Catholics, they may not go to that. If you go to that wedding you are affirming them in their sin. Their marriage will not be valid. They're living together. The marriage will not be valid. They'll be living in sin. And um, uh, if you love them, if you're relatives, you need to help them. You need to help them not to marry, to separate, and to, um, to go to a, a priest for help, for marriage preparation, and to learn the faith. Um, they're not able to get married in a Catholic church now. They shouldn't get married even outside the Catholic church. 
But if you go to that wedding, you are affirming them in their sin and you are assisting them on the way to hell. You don't want to do that. Okay, now, let me just see here. So again, please feel free to call in with anything on your heart um, at all. Uh, Let me just see now. Um, We have an email from Veronica, and Veronica writes, Dear Mother, all five of my grown children have fallen away from the faith. Oh, Veronica, I'm so sorry. Every day I pray that Jesus will find a way back into their hearts. I have not lost hope that God will save them. Do you have any thoughts or suggestions? Thank you for your vocation, Veronica. Veronica, and I'll speak to everybody. I don't know what your practice of the faith was raising those children. Simply taking them to church or giving them the sacraments would not have been sufficient. Um, If, you know, the scriptures say, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Dear ones, the way to have your children not turn away from Christ and the faith um, is to live it. Live it with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul in your home um, and show them this is real and this is serious. And they, uh, though your offspring, are indeed children of God. At this point, um, you certainly can pray. Uh, I don't know what your communication is with them, Veronica, but um, if you are in touch with them, you could approach them individually and uh, just apologize if you failed in raising them in the faith and talk to them about the faith and the fact that if they turn from God or they don't have uh, that faith in him, um, it won't bode well for them in eternity, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And if they have children and spouses, um, they're putting them in great harm by not getting them baptized um, and so forth. So, um, Veronica, you're not on the line, so I cannot ask you uh, what your practice was with them growing up. But the way to help them now is to let them know that if you did not raise them in the faith very well, um, I would apologize to them and uh, uh, ask them to listen to you now, or at least pray, or give them books to read. Um. We have an email from Cecilia who writes, Dear Mother, I'm living in Poland and I have a friend who is a logopedist. Logopedist, I don't know what that is, and has a very beautiful soprano voice. My friend is a member of a group of women actively taking part in the liturgy, mostly on working days. The woman, the women either doing the readings or the psalm singing, or being part of a singing group with guitars and sometimes percussive instruments. I try to avoid all of this and go to another parish for Mass. Beside that, I also know that there is a lot of jealousy and quarreling going on between the group members. But my friend is proud of having volunteered for the reading and especially the singing. She would call it singing for God. We are both Catholic and like to discuss questions of our faith, but I have not yet been able to find the right time and words to question my friends singing for the Lord. In quote, she has that singing for the Lord. May I ask you for some advice 
or arguments. Thank you for all the work you do. I'm a convert from Lutheranism with a Jewish background. And by listening to your show and listening to some of your lectures on YouTube, I've become more and more confident in my faith. God bless Cecilia. I'm so glad, Cecilia. We encourage one another. It's truly, truly wonderful. Um, Oh, dear. Um, Guitars and percussion instruments do not belong at Mass at all. At all. I think it was Pope Benedict XVI that wrote an article or others on the appropriate, the appropriate instruments at Mass. Guitar is not one of them, and percussion, percussion instruments are not one of them. Um, and if you can find that online and print it out, um, to give them something to read that's a bit authoritative will help a lot more than you're telling them that. Um, let me see now. And there's a jealousy and quarreling among them. Um, okay. Um, I would like your friends not to be involved at the Mass at all, except to pray the Mass, to attend the Mass, um, to assist at Mass from their seats and, and worship God from their seats and not play music at all, um, not even read scriptures. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. I know the church allows it, but I, I personally don't think it should ever be. I don't think anyone should read the scriptures but the priest. Um, so, um, okay. Uh, we're both Catholic and like to discuss questions of our faith, um, but I have not yet been able to find the right time and words to question my friends singing for God. Well, you just have to take... Um, let me see for a moment here. Sorry, I'm dozing off. That's terrible. Um, you can just simply um, read an article on, on reverence in the Mass, write music in the Mass, appropriate instruments for the Mass, and see if that will help them, see if their hearts will be open to be humble and to be reverent. Okay, now. Um, we have an email from Tova and again, dear ones, we have 20 minutes left and you're welcome the lines are wide open, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com, one moment thank you Tova writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. I love your show. I listen to podcasts as often as I can. Thank you, and God bless you for doing what you do. Thank you, Tova, so much. Your name is Tova. I say Toda to you. That's Hebrew for thank you. I'll try to be brief, she writes, with my question, because I imagine you have a lot of other people waiting in line to speak with you. My question pertains to adoration, <clears throat> adoring the Blessed Sacrament. Are spiritual benefits any different if we as Catholics adore our Lord either kneeling in a church in front of a monstrance with the Blessed Sacrament exposed either in the church proper or in an adoration chapel within the church or being in the church proper as opposed to an adoration chapel kneeling in front of the tabernacle after Mass with our Lord being hidden inside or kneeling at home in front of our TV screens with live 
um, in actual time, adoration happening at some random place in the world. In other words, is doing one versus the other any better for us spiritually? Sometimes, as you know, we aren't always able to be physically present in a church. And so, participating in not just working adoration on TV seems like a good alternative. Um, let me just say, it's not an alternative. It, it, it's, it's an alternative, but it's not as good. Um, to, to worship God in your church with the tabernacle closed is a good thing. Or in an adoration chapel with the ta- tabernacle closed is a beautiful thing. But with our Lord exposed, you can't get better than that. In a sense, to see him face to face. Nothing compares to that. And this one writes also, and on other occasions, sometimes in the adoration chapel, people can be unknowingly noisy by whispering their prayers out loud and thus causing a distraction to others around them. And so, in those situations, I find the church proper to be quieter and less distracting. I feel exactly the same when people are whispering their prayers or rosary, whatever it might be, it, right in our ears, it's very instru- uh, distracting and quite inconsiderate. Um, and I would also rather go to the to quiet of the church than, than pray in an atmosphere where people are inconsiderate like that. Um, and she writes, is it okay to leave the chapel and go inside? I hope so, because I do that. Um, the church, uh, go inside the church to pray instead. Or shall... Uh, shall one put up with the s- distractions and consider them a penance? I hope I've described my question well, well enough for you to be able to answer. Um, pardon me. I hope I've described my question well enough for you to be able to answer, to provide an answer, since I'm not live with you on your show right now and therefore not able to provide any further details. Thank you, Mother. May God continue to bless you and your sisters in great abundance. Hugs and prayers, Tova. Toda, Tova. Thank you, Tova. Um, uh, yes, um, you can do... Um, to be face-to-face with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament exposed is the height of being with him on earth, of course. But if people are in there and they're noisy, then go to the church with the tabernacle door closed and adore him there. Um, we have a text from Deborah who writes, Mother Miriam, how can I make a spiritual renewal for Lent? I am 70 and cannot fast due to health issues. God bless you, dear one, Deborah. Well, Deborah, um, let me just see. Um, you make a spiritual, uh, if you want to renew yourself, suppose you want to renew your body, you would go maybe go on a cleansing diet and you would eat good food. Um, the same thing spiritual, cleanse yourself of sin, go to confession, um, get rid of sin, and, um, and do what is right. Um, pray the rosary every day. Play the, pray the divine office every day if you can. Do what you can. Some people can do more than others uh, because of time and space and such, but do what you can. And um, if there's something you've been longing to do, let's just say the daily hours. 
maybe some of you say that I'm going to do them when I get home, um, uh, but we don't. So plan that for Lent, that you begin to pray the divine office. Um, you can do that, or pray the rosary every day if you don't pray it every day now. Just take a step forward, a step that you haven't made before. And after you take that step, and you're doing it well, then take on another step if you wish. Don't take on too much at once. And ask God to purify your heart and help you to know him and to love him. And then Matthew chapter 6 begins his prayers. Okay, beloved, there's the music for our final break. We'll be back right after the break, toll-free um, at um, 811, no, 877-511-5483, 877-511-5483. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked Him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what He has promised us, and what He'll give us through our trust in Him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful if you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day. Please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. beloved this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live like the catholic current and the many other programs that originate from the station of the cross divine mercy in my soul is all about the messages that jesus revealed to saint faustina it is aired every sunday morning at 11 eastern and tuesday nights at 8 p.m or you can listen anytime to divine mercy in my soul on the i catholic radio mobile app The Station of the Cross appreciates the generosity of our supporters. We are committed to keeping our donors' accounts up to date. If there have been changes made to your payment information, please call us so that we can update your account. 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. Or update your information online at thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for your generous support of Catholic Radio. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. I am awake, and I'm, I'm, I think I can stay awake 10 more minutes. This is just awful when I fall asleep or when I tend to doze off. I'm so sorry. We're going to go back a little bit to the practice of prayer because I know many want to begin a good prayer life during Lent, which begins with Ash Wednesday, um, this Wednesday. Um, And uh, Canon Ripley says, every convert, and I'll just say every Catholic, 
should learn by heart the Our Father, the Hail Mary, the Glory Be, the Apostles' Creed, the Confidier, that's the act of confession, and the acts of faith, hope, charity, and contrition. The Catholic Church insists that her children must, in some measure, combine prayer with daily life, however busy um, the daily life uh, may be. Thus, she teaches them to begin the day with prayer, especially with the morning offering, by which every thought, word, and deed of the forthcoming day is offered to Jesus through Mary, and thus becomes a prayer. In the morning, God's blessing should be asked on the day that is beginning and a promise made to do all, all well for his sake, if possible, and Mass should be heard and communion received. Let me make a suggestion. Some people have asked me how they could set up a prayer table uh, in your home, and I, I would... I would advise it a thousand percent, especially to prepare for Lent. If you don't have a prayer corner or place or table or room in your home, find a niche, find a corner, find a nice table in the middle of your living room. Uh, It needs to be prominent in your house so that uh, whoever passes it um, uh, is thinking of God and maybe saying a prayer as they pass it. And what we've done for prayer tables when we've helped families set them up is just get a table, put a pretty cloth on it, um, and uh, maybe a statue of our Blessed Mother or a beautiful image of our Blessed Mother. It could be an image of our Lord, the Holy Family. Um, and then I put a candle on each side. If there are young children, you might want to have candles in, in glass so that they don't get knocked over. Maybe flowers if you have. And what I've done before in visiting homes, especially with children, is I take a little bowl, uh, maybe the size of a little, a small cup, and put it right in front of Our Lady. Um, and on the prayer table, and get a bunch of beads. They could be marbles, um, but they should all look alike. They could be a thousand colors, but no one should be able to tell them apart. And the reason is this. Anyone, but particularly the children, as soon as they do a good deed, it's between them and God, and it could be anything. It could be, I've said earlier, helping mom with the dishes without her asking or without her asking three times. It could be uh, helping someone with their schoolwork, uh, helping a friend in school, helping an elderly person or handicapped across the street. Um, It could be doing a number of things, but it's between you and God. And when you do that, the, the child will come home and take a little bead or marble out of the bag and put it in that little dish and give it to Our Lady to give it to Jesus. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Parents can do the same thing. They could take the beads and fill up the little bowl as well. And the beauty of them all being the same or a million colors where they cannot be told, told apart is that no one can look at the bowl even if it's filled and say, I have more than you. It's not a competition. It's only between you and God when you do something good. And you can't tell anyone about it or it doesn't count. It's between you and God that you do good things. And I would say... For during Lent, get a lot of beads and put them in a little bag, mom or pop. And um, every day, every day, someone can do at least one kind thing. Every day, one kind thing. One, maybe you uh, would have argued with your sister, your baby sister or your older sister, and you withheld 
the argument. You didn't argue. That's good. It's something you didn't do. That if you did would have been wrong. You didn't do that. You withheld that for God. You come and take a beat and put it in the dish. For God, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Every single day. You can tell someone at school, if you're in school, oh, you look so pretty today. Make them feel good. That's a good deed. And then you come home. Anything that's a kindness, a service to someone, to be of help with, to them in any way. And again, to not do what is wrong. To not, if someone curses you, you bless them instead. You know, it, to, to not give it to evil or to anger. It's a good thing. If you withhold your anger where you would have been angry, you withheld it, you say, Lord, thank you for your grace helping me to withhold my anger. And then you come and take a little marble and put it in the dish. Give it to Our Lady for Jesus. It's very, very beautiful. And here we say, um, Canon Ripley said that each one should know um, the Our Father, Hail Mary, the glory be, I would say as a family before you leave the house, pray that together. Come and parents, bless your children on their forehead before they leave the house and before they go to bed. You can bless them. God bless you. The name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Bless them on their way out in the morning. Come before the prayer area, table, niche, whatever it is. And um, say, and our Father is a family, a Hail Mary, and a glory be together. Then come again at night before that same prayer table and pray a rosary together, or a minimum of one decade of the rosary, and then a Hail Mary before you go to sleep. It's very, very beautiful, and that table will be a, you'll wear out the carpet on the floor in front of that table. It's a very, very beautiful thing. Um, there's no family who hasn't done that. Um, there's no family who has done that that has not been changed. There's been peace in the family. Uh, they grow to love each other. The father becomes the head. The mother becomes the heart because, Papa, it's your place to bring that family together. Mom, you can set up a beautiful prayer table with the children, but, Papa, it's your place to be leader of that and bring the family together and pray in the morning and then again in the evening. It's your place, Papa. Very beautiful. During the day, uh, Canon Ripley says, the mind should be raised to God through um, ejaculatory prayer. That's just, um, uh, thank you, Lord. Um, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, uh, I love you. Help, that's an ejaculatory prayer. You're in school and you don't know an answer to an exam. Help, Lord, inside. Help, Lord. God will help. God will help. Just prayers that we, little prayers we send up to God. At night, one's conscience should be examined. So before you come to that prayer table, take a minute, or when you come, take a minute of silence, close your eyes, bow your heads, and individually, silently examine your conscience. And then uh, you can pray before you go to bed each night as a family. Um, the uh, act of contrition together and the amendment together. Thank God for all his favors and grace through the day um, and his blessing against temptation. Ask him for that. 
and then suitable forms of morning and night prayers will be found in any Catholic prayer book you have. You say, well, what's the morning prayer or the morning offering? If you have a Catholic prayer book, and you can look it up on the Internet, morning offering, and you can pick out their very short, one little paragraph, and um, very, very, very good for your family to learn them. Just print it out on little pieces of paper until they memorize. It's very, very good. You know, Apostle Paul says, we pray without ceasing. And the King David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The more we read, the more of God's word we have in our heart, the more we pray to God without ceasing all day long because we just, we just express to him what he has already put in us. It's very beautiful. There's the music for the close of our program, beloved. Um, God bless you this day. Make good preparations for Lent, and we'll speak with you tomorrow, God willing.